So before saying a few words on the gospel, I, I wanted to make a quick comment. Um, you may have been hearing about the fires in Hawaii, in, in Maui, and I've been hearing reports um, of a Catholic church there, um, Maria Lanquila, which means Our Lady of Victory, that's in Maui. And I saw some of the pictures, um, and it is quite amazing. Everything around the church has been completely um, leveled, burned to the ground. All the, uh, even the trees and the buildings uh, all surrounding the church. And I, I saw some of these pictures and all the news reports, which is good. I, I, you know, kind of interesting that we're even hearing the news reports, but the church appears to be totally unscathed. But what I did not know, what I learned last night, and I, I'm not 100% sure, I'm just going by one contact that I received from a lady yesterday, that there was a bunch of pictures taken that they enthroned the image of divine mercy in this church shortly before the fires. And that this image of divine mercy was from Poland and it was enthroned in the church. Now remember, Jesus made several promises through this image. I'd like to read you the words that blessed Michael Sapochko wrote. Now I'm quoting him. I'm not trying to make any, uh, ascertain any direct results of this image or that there's any magic here, not at all, by no means. But I would like to read the words that Saint, or excuse me, Blessed Michael Sapochko wrote regarding the image. He said, quote, when chastisements for sins come upon the world and your own country will experience utter degradation, the only refuge will be trust in my mercy. I will protect the cities and homes in which the divine mercy image is found. I will protect the persons who will venerate and honor this image. The only refuge will be trust in my mercy. Now, none of us are trying to claim that this is a magic wand or a rabbit's foot, as we have said many times before. But when you think about World War II, when Warsaw was leveled after Hitler bombed it in, in retaliation for the Warsaw Uprising, and the whole section of Warsaw was, was destroyed, except for just three or four buildings that were found remaining standing, all of them had the image of divine mercy. We know the stories that are written to us, like Ron Regalis and Hurricane um, Sandy that came up through the coast and all the neighbors' houses were completely wiped out. He consecrated his home and family to the divine mercy of Jesus and left the image and his home was untouched. We know the story in uh, Kentucky of the, uh, the tornadoes that came through and again, the house that had the image was untouched. Again, we're not trying to make a connection of some kind of magic here. But what this is, is trust in God's mercy. And so I wanted to start this by sharing is because what we have in the gospel is the exact opposite of trusting in God's mercy. What we have here in the gospel is the hypocrites that 
appear on the outside to be holy and righteous and trusting in God, but in the inside are rotting. And we have that problem with, even within our church. Now we know that the gates of hell will never prevail against the church, but we know that this promise was never made to individuals within the church. And so to those individuals that are rotting on the inside, and all of us are dealing with sin, all of us are broken, turn to the image of divine mercy. Ask for that image to protect you like a home or a city that Blessed Michael so talks about. And so that may even cost you your lives. Now, people say, well, Father, I, you know, my brother or sister or mother or father died for the faith. Where was Jesus protecting us? Actually, martyrdom is, is, is a huge gift of grace, surprisingly. I mean, Jesus talks about martyrdom right here. He says that, uh, talking about the shedding of the prophet's blood. Um, you are the children of those who murdered the prophets. Now, what's interesting is, what is that talking about? It's talking about martyrdom. And so, you know, martyrdom, the, the word martyr means what? It means witness. A lot of people don't realize that. Martyrdom is based really on an irony that we find in St. Paul. St. Paul says, to live outside of Christ is to die. And to die in Christ is to live. That's why today we're praying and offering this Mass for Sharon Denhart, the mother of Michael, and Cecilia Kay, the mother of one of our employees, Mary. And so we, we pray that even though in death, they continue to live in Christ. Now, Jesus died to save souls of all who believe in him. So if we are willing to die for Christ or in Christ, I think you could say Mary, I'm sorry, uh, Cecilia and Sharon died in Christ. They weren't martyred per se, uh, you know, murdered for their faith, but dying in Christ if they do this, if you're willing to die in Christ in this earthly life, you will get the gift of eternal life. You are a martyr. You are a martyr. Now, there's different kinds. We know the white martyr, the red martyr. I'm going to even tell you about the blue martyr here in a minute. Tertullian said the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And this meant that the sacrifice of the martyrs inspired and led many to conversions. Now, those who suffered during the plague was a perfect example. What happened during the plague? God will bring a greater good. The plague decimated Europe. But you know what? It saved Europe. How? Because it was during the plague that the people who were turning away from God saw the priests and the nuns risking their own life, being out with the people, careless about their own well-being, treating and taking care of those with the plague, putting their own lives at risk, and many died because of it. The people of Europe saw this, and they said, whoa, what is it that they have that gives them the courage and the fortitude to go out and do this, not being afraid? And so that's why during the pandemic, everybody was angry at me because I was shouting like, we are priests. We are brothers. We don't lock the doors. 
We are to be out to the people. I don't care if you have COVID, pneumonia, polio, or whatever. Our job as priests and brothers is to come to you, to, to open these doors, to bring the sacraments. And so that's what they did in the Middle Ages. And so that converted Europe. After the plague, all of Europe converted because they saw what those priests and nuns did. You know, originally, martyrdom was applied to the apostles. We read it in Acts. But then it became for anyone persecuted for their faith. Then it was even restricted only to those who were killed for their faith. Now, early Christians venerated them as intercessors. This is Catholic, truly Catholic. They're usually depicted a martyr as holding a palm branch. Why? You see pictures showing victory of the spirit over the flesh. You see how those old, especially the, the martyrs mentioned in the canon, um, persecution basically gave us devotion to the saints. This gave us really the growth of Christianity that basically prompted the faith to flourish. And so the lives of the martyrs became inspiration and their relics were honored. And you know what else? This is how we got the, the, the saints, the honoring of the saints, which now every non-Catholic completely condemns. This goes back to the first century. Relics and honoring of the saints. Why? Because they gave their life. They were martyrs. And so many think martyrdom, you know, is just this crazy Catholic thing. No. Yeah, it goes back to St. Stephen and the early Christians, but even before that, the Jews were executed for such things like observing the Sabbath, circumcising their children, refusing to eat pork, um, sacrifice, they would not sacrifice to foreign gods. They were martyred. And so later, Christians became the target of persecution, and they would be executed because they refused to worship these Roman gods or pay homage to the emperor. Um, and so this is a rich, deep tradition in our faith. So a martyr is a person who was killed because of their testimony of Jesus. And that's how confession actually originally began. Did you know this? Do you know why confession really, even though it was a sacrament given by Jesus, it was not, our faith does not happen overnight. It develops over centuries. And confession, the way we have it today, actually developed because so many people renounced their faith out of fear of being murdered for it. And the church said, okay, the heroic virtues of those who died for their faith, we need to honor. But those who purely did not have free will, didn't want to renounce their faith, but when a knife was held to their throat and the throats of their children, and a spear to the side of their children, they renounced their faith out of fear to save the lives of their family. Now, we all pray that we would never renounce our faith, but the church understood that Sometimes this could happen. And so that's one of the reasons that confession was developed, to give forgiveness to these poor people. 
Now, I want to finish by telling you there's three different kinds of martyrdom. You probably heard of white martyr, red martyr, but have you ever heard of the blue martyr? Okay, Pope Gregory I said there are three types of martyrdom. They are designated by the colors red, blue, and white. Okay, a believer is a red martyr when they die a violent death from religious persecution. We think of Christians in the Middle East being beheaded, for instance. That's red martyr. You, are, you die for your faith. Then the term white martyrdom was used in the church by St. Jerome. He said those such as desert hermits who aspired to go out the condition of martyrdom through strict asceticism that leave the world, okay? In a way, a cloistered nun would be considered a white martyr. They give up everything in their life, all right? Even their own being in contact with the world. So they go out, or the desert fathers are going to go out and live in the desert. They gave up everything. That is a white martyr. You might think you're a white martyr. You're actually probably not a white martyr. What you probably are is a blue martyr. A blue martyr, according to Gregory I, involves the denial of desires through things like fasting and penance without necessarily implying that you join a convent or go out into the desert. If you are struggling at home with paying bills, shopping, running errands, making dinner, going to work, fighting traffic, trying to help your children, getting them raised in the faith, you could be a blue martyr because it is denying yourself for the good of your family and loved ones and living your daily life. So we have the red martyrs. Today, you know there are over 100,000 Christians that die every year for their faith, especially at the hands of Islam. Do we ever hear about this? No. We're still hearing about things that happened 250 years ago, scraping those wounds and scabs till they bleed and bleed and bleed. As wrong as they were, we are not hearing about the current murder of over 100,000 Christians a year for their faith. We don't hear about that. There were more martyrs in the 20th century than all the other centuries combined. More deaths, more red, more blood being shed. But again, we don't hear about this. So today, whether we are a white martyr, if a cloistered nuns or, or others who have given up all their life to follow Christ are listening, or if you are a blue martyr, where you day to day give up your will for the good of others, or whether we may become red martyrs in the future where we will give up our life for our faith. We know that this, ironically, is a grace. And so our Lord talks about the blood of the prophets and seeing that this world has gone so crazy we don't know if there will be more martyrs to come. But if there are, don't lose hope. Don't be a hypocrite and turn on your faith, but remain strong in your faith. And one of the ways to do that 
is that image of divine mercy. Gaze upon it. And Jesus makes many promises through it that he will especially protect homes and families that have it. So God bless you. And let us this day pray for those who are being persecuted for their faith. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.